0: If you want it, here it is, come and get it. Mm-hmm. Make your mind up and fast If you want it, anytime I can give it. But you better hurry, cause it may not last. Did I even say?
1: Greetings and felicitations. You're listening to the Cherryland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thank you for coming back for another episode of my podcast. It's about me being on dialysis and the things that go on with me. And I also go into other things about what's going on in the world because I think you need to understand. You need to know. And this is episode 25. Yay, 25. And we're listening to Bad Fingers, Come and Get It. I think I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll with these guys for a few months. Then I'll jump to the power station's, uh, uh, oh, what's the name of that damn song? You know the song. You know what I'm talking about. And then maybe I'm going give, give, to give Billy Preston a rest. And we'll come back to him. And we'll go like that. So that's the way we're going to roll. Episode 25. And Bad Fingers, come and get it. The reason I like this song is because you come and get it. You, I got it. You want to hear what I got to say, so I give it to you. And it's free. I don't have any ads. I don't have, I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just here doing a show. And the song's almost over, and I'm still talking, but that's okay. And just so you know, straight up front, if you want to drop me a line or tell me something... Maybe there's something, you know, and there's a lot of things I don't know. And I try to, I try to learn something every day. And I do. Believe you me, I do. So there's a lot of stuff going on with me and in, and with the world. And we'll delve into that as soon as we come back. So here we are. I'm going to let the, the music run out and, and go into the next song because it just gives a little background and I think it makes it interesting. And I think the next song is uh, Road to Shambhala by Three Dog Night. So, oh, nope, it's a Traveling Wilburys. Oh, shoot, I don't want that song because that's my exit music. That's my exit music. Oh, here we go. Toby Keith, Wacky back. Anyway, uh, we're going to delve into the meat of this, drop some stuff down. I had a very interesting conversation with uh, my tech on Friday and some of my other chairmates and came up with a very interesting idea for dialysis. And it was inspired by the five men that lost their lives on the, on the uh, what is it, the Triton, that little submersible that imploded and killed all five of them. And, uh, well, hell, we'll delve into that too. But anyway, uh, this is episode 25. We're going to get into it here in just a little bit. And uh, we're going to lay it down, hopefully. And we'll go from there. All right. Well, oh, um, real quick. If you want to drop me a line, it's really, really easy because I know most of you have Twitter. Not everybody has my phone number and not everybody's my friend on Facebook. But if you have Twitter, you can go find ben at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y-1. And uh, send me a little Twitter note. Hey, Ben-Hur, you suck. Or, hey, man, that's a funny podcast you got going. Keep it up. And we hope you are better. I try. I try really hard. But, uh, wow, this has turned out to be the longest intro I think I've ever had. But that's okay. I enjoyed flapping my jaws, so to speak. Uh, Ever since I left radio, not by choice, but by necessity... I still want to keep into it because if luck and the stars and the universe line up and say, hey, we want him back, put me back on the air, at least I got my vocal cords in shape to do the talkings that I need to do on the radio. And not, well, I got you guys, all six of you, right? We'll have some fun. I mean, that's, that's just it. That's just the way it goes, you know? So, Stick around And uh, you're listening to The Cherryland Chronicles I'm not dead yet Stick around, like I said, we'll be right back Alright, Toby Well,
0: you can I I'm a man
1: And we're back, hold on one second (laughs) And we're back, you're listening to the Chairland Chronicles, I'm not dead yet I'm your host Ben Hur. Well, here we are, as we always are, you and I. Zero Dark Thirty, and we're having a little coffee. Actually, my only cup of coffee of the day. Uh, I only drink one cup a day. If I drink more than one, then it's a good day, I guess. One cup of coffee, and um, I'm finished. I'm one and done. Uh, especially right now, man, it's, it's already, it's zero dark there. As I told you, and it's like 97, 98 degrees, it's hot, and, uh, it's like I explained to my social worker one time, I live in a house that's 100, over 100 years old, it was built in 1929, I think, when I checked the tax records and it has the old style the really big windows which people adore because back in the day there was no air conditioning so you needed as much wind power as you could to come through that house and keep it relatively cool so i have no central heating or air so when it's 100 degrees outside it's 110 in the house I have a small air conditioner in my room, so it's cool in there. I spend most of my time in the summer there than out in the rest of the house where it's on, uh, hot. Now, I relay this to the people at the clinic. Did they flinch? No, because they live in a nice air-conditioned house, and they have things at work. I have, uh, I, I, don't, I have to go out, outside to wash my clothes because my dryer is broken. <clears throat> uh, three burners on my stove don't work or don't work properly. Yeah, just a lot of things wrong. And then once again, the house is falling apart. I don't have the skills, uh, sometimes, nor the stamina to try and tackle problem mm-hmm. a- project I don't cut my grass anymore Uh, I just don't have the energy and they look at me flabbergasted we go I'm on dialysis I I should be Superman I'm like what where the hell did you get off believing that nine times out of ten I get off the machine on a clinic day I feel great. Don't get me wrong. I do for the first hour or so. Then I get home. I have something to eat. And I crash for about two or three hours. It comes on that quick. And I feel horrible when I wake up. You would think you'd feel refreshed. But I don't. Or most of us don't. And it's just a fact of... uh, your body's been assaulted by a machine—not your—not your body physically, other than the needles—but your blood's been removed and cycled through the K. What I think is the K two thousand eight dialysis machine made by Fresenius, and uh, I think, if I remember correctly, they called it the K twelve. And I added the Widowmaker. Because I thought it sounded interesting, there was a movie that uh, Harrison Ford made called K Two: The Widowmaker, about a Russian submarine that crashed and sunk at the sunk to the bottom. And uh, that's my little joke to me about that machine. So. Your your blood is cycled through the machine. I, I couldn't believe this when I read it. That machine cycles your entire blood volume, six to 1200 times, depending on how long your treatment is. That amazed me. So based on that, that your blood is being cycled, pumped out, pumped back in, it's an assault on your body because as it's drawing your blood out to remove moisture impurities and all that other stuff your organs are being depleted of blood and it's not being pumped back in I fast enough I I don't think and that takes a toll on the body uh, the the immediate effects are cramping usually in the legs some in my it's weird because in my case, it started out in my in my thigh, in my calves, and then moved up to the back. Oh, when you have a a, a, a a cramp in your hamstring, my God, that is painful. It's like if you're running down the sideline of a foot at a football game and the back of your thighs just seize up and you can't move. It's that bad. If you ever had one, you know what I'm talking about. If not, try not to get on dialysis because it'll happen to you. So then, so then you get back to me. Oh, yeah, it's always about me, right? Uh, the cramps have moved up. So when I do cramp, I cramp in my ribs, in my rib, rib area, and my gut, which is bad for me because I have a hernia. So the cramps. And sometimes, like when I come home after treatment, I'll be I'll be asleep, I'll be out, and I, when I wake up, my hands look like some sort of weird claw club because they're just locked solid, and then the pain that comes when I start to try to move them to loosen them up. Um, And then they asked a question at clinic the next time, the next session, any cramping? And I said, yeah, hmm, okay. And that's the end of it. Why do you ask? Why do you bother to ask me if you're not going to do anything about it? You know, give me a magic pill or something or tell me to, I don't know, do something. But you know what? I did do something. I did it on my own. I listened to other patients. I listened to some of the nurses. A good way to avoid the cramps, they say, is to drink pickle juice. And I've told you this before. Number one, I'm not a fan of pickles, much less pickle juice. And then they said it's not so much the pickle juice, it's the brine in it. Brine is basically salt water, which is the same thing as the saline's composed of that they pump back into my system. So in talking to another patient, he told me that he would pop a Chinese candy into his mouth. And so I thought about it and I was like, okay, I can handle Chinese candy. And if you don't know what a Chinese candy is, it's basically a dried plum. Looks like a raisin, but it's been soaked. It's been sitting in salt. So it's heavily salted. And I pop one of those in about an hour before my treatment ends, and I just sit there and I just suck on it. What I do is I take a couple of sips of water, and I'm basically putting salt back in my body, which is taken out by the machine, which is the cause of your cramps. So it's a great way to put salt back into your system. If you're outside working on your yard or doing something you're sweating profusely, go inside and take a drink of water and pop a Chinese candy and I guarantee you within 10 minutes your body's going to react quickly to the salt as you're dumping back inside it and you feel like you have a whole lot of energy, I, I do I feel very very energized after popping that thing I get up off the chair and I walk out I mean walk normally, I don't shuffle and I've noticed that I'm taking normal, the strides that I used to take. Of course, I still come home and I crash out because my body's so my body needs to recover. And that's, uh, you know, that's that's that. My other biggest pet peeve is the mask thing. The whole world, well, maybe not China. Those Asians love right around with masks on. But the rest of the, well, I'm talking about the United States, have ditched their masks. Even in a doctor's office, no mask. A pharmacy, no mask. But when I go to my clinic, they insist you wear a mask. They'll even give you a new one if you don't have one. And my complaint is, why, why, why? And the answer that I finally got from the uh, facility administrator was that It's a corporate order. And my response was, you know, up the corporation. I don't work for the corporation. They provide me a service, yes, but they shouldn't be able to dictate what the CDC and everybody else has adopted that no masks. And she goes, well, we're protecting you from the the other agents in this clinic. And I said... Agents, what other agents? Well, we're trying to minimize the flu, pneumonia, and who, whatever else these people come in and they're carrying, whatever crud they're carrying. My response was that number one, if they're sick and carrying some sort of crud, they shouldn't even be allowed in. Or put, I said, you have an isolation room over there in the back that you never use, it's, it's a storage room. That's where the the sicko should go. And I said, as far as trying to protect me from any outside agents, I said, listen, my dear, uh, I've been at this clinic for five years and I've been through three texts with COVID that you did not send home to self quarantine. As a matter of fact, you let them work. You let them work on us. You let them expose us to COVID, which maybe wasn't a bad idea in itself because none of us really, nobody from my clinic died of COVID. And I think that says something. Not to the staff, not to uh, anybody else, but to us that we didn't get sick. So we were doing something right. Well, maybe it was wearing the masks I don't know. But now they're just, I look around, I see my fellow patients put their mask down, they're either way they're not properly wearing the mask, so it defeats the purpose of the mask. So, you know, free us of these masks, please. Let us go back to normal. Let us feel normal. You know, sometimes now I will say this. Sometimes I do pull my mask up over my face when it gets too cold. Because that place, this is a time of the year I like going to clinic because it's cold and there. It's freezing cold. You can hang meat in that joint. But then, lately, the past, I want to say two weeks, it's actually been hot in there. You go in there and you're maybe like, oh, man, it's hot in here. And even the texts are complaining that it's hot. And... I don't know what it is. I don't know if they are not—they—they—they they don't, they don't turn on the air conditioners, soon enough. But something's wrong. The air—the air's not flowing, and it's usually very cold in that joint. Oh, um, we have a new dietitian. I haven't met her yet. She hasn't made the rounds to, toward me. But the old one is gone. The old one that did nothing is gone. But we have a new one that may do nothing. But we'll find out. I saw her from a distance on the other end of the room where she was working, and she looks competent. She's not a young kid like the one that we that we just lost. So this one may have some experience, and may have answers to our to my questions, not our questions. I'm the only one that seems to ask questions. And maybe we'll see if things get better with this one, if this one's going to actually do what the last, the last, the one before this one did, which went out to companies that produced snacks and found snacks that were compatible for people on dialysis and secure some free samples. In the event that we like what we have, we may want to go and purchase, which is a pretty smart thing if you ask me. And you got something out of it. Now this one doesn't do us. Uh, I'm, I'm not going. Go, I'm going to delete the expletives. She's going to do a effing thing, and that's the problem. So we'll see. Only time will tell if these people are competent or if they're not, and we won't find that out. And I'll make my complaints and. If enough of us complain, maybe they'll get rid of that person. Although there are two techs they need to get rid of. And uh, they got to go. I mean, they're just not competent. And, well, I've... Uh, hold on, I need the last pull of coffee. Oh. Hmm. That was the last slug of coffee. Always the best. Oh, uh, that was good. So, there are two that got to go. One is because when I hear the other patients complaining about, you know, she's not, she doesn't stick you well. She's rough because she's young. She's never worked in this field before. She's here because she's dating the the son of the facility administrator and we complain or the patient her patients complain to us about her and i keep telling them the same thing i sound like a broken record complain to her to the facility administrator tell her that she needs to go because she's not good her only other job was working in a restaurant well maybe she should go back to that because she seemed to be good at it I don't know but if she's hurting patients and doesn't seem to care you shouldn't be in that field of work the other one uh, I hear complaints about her from her patients that you know she's not good at her that she hurts you when she sticks here. and I tell them the same thing. You got to complain. You got to complain. You got to complain. The three C's, and hopefully, if they listen to you. And I said, now if they don't listen to you on this on this level, go over their heads, go to the head doctor at the top of this pyramid, and complain, and get rid of them. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. We'll be right back. We're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Sitting here still, zero dark 30 and a half. And I'm coming to you with, of course, where my heart is, the condition of my heart, the state of my heart, the state of the heart address. Well, it's not really any better. I keep going through the stages, the five stages of grief, Sometimes one will stick around for a few days. I've been depressed. I've been under that, that one depression. It's hit me a few times since then. And I'm trying to deal with it. And I sat and I thought and I thought and I came to the conclusion that I'm still in love with her that's the one thing no one can tell you is that when that's going to change it may not I know I'm going to love her for the rest of my life if she can't return that favor I guess well that's just it right and that's what everybody tells you well you know she's not worth it and she's this and she's that and I know better because I know her and does she feel the same way about me I don't know I can't gauge that because I can't ask her unless she comes back into my life. And I'm slowly giving up on that notion entirely. And, well, you know, just the hurt, the constant hurt, the constant state. I can't get her out of my mind. I find myself sitting alone and thoughts go to her and oh it just hurts people it hurts <clears> Then <throat> her is in a poor state I'm not happy you know that's the thing she did make me happy she made me enjoy the fact that the day when I, the sun would rise I knew I was going to see her talk to her and make love to her but not anymore do any of you feel, have you any of you been through that? Do you feel that? Does it hurt? Is there a hurt that you have of something unresolved, unrequited love? And it hurts. I know. There's no getting around it. It's just I'm just tired of the hurt. You know, my mom tells me, oh, somebody else will come along. Right now, I don't want anybody else. Now, it would have to be the girl of my dreams to just maybe completely stop thinking about her. And you know what? Funny thing is, she's not perfect. But she was perfect enough for me. I mean, that's just... I, I mean, if you're in a relationship with someone and you think that person is the one, then good for you. I mean, I'm glad for you. I really, really am. I saw a picture yesterday. Actually, I posted a picture on my Facebook yesterday. Of, it's my, yesterday was my sister's birthday. And I posted happy birthday greetings to my sister because she's my sister and I do love her. But she's not talking to either me or my mom for some weird reason. I don't know what it is. It stems back to a, a yard sale we were having, and we invited them, uh, her and my brother in law, to come over and actually to help us. Well, she came over. She was in a mood. She stayed inside most of the day. Uh so we were outside with my brother-in-law and we were making conversation but she was sitting in the hallway by herself. And I remember coming into the house a couple of times seeing her looking like she was crying and I don't I don't know what that's all about. Uh And this is back in late March. I want to say, I think it was like the third week of March, April, May. We're almost through June into July, so that's been three months of no contact. She hasn't called my mom. She hasn't come over to visit like she did, so she's in a funk of some sort. I don't know what it is. My mom and I, well, because of who we are, we think the worst. Uh, you know, you know. If you knew my family, you'd know what I meant. But I'm not going to go into that kind of detail. Um, but I don't know. I don't. We don't know what's up with her, you know. So when Mother's Day rolled around, she sent my mother a very simple text: "Happy Mother's Day." That was the end of it. So I put out a couple of feeders on Facebook just to wish her a happy birthday. I mean, because you know, I'm a dick if I don't. And yes, though, naturally, I am a dick. I won't be a dick to my sister or my brother-in-law. I love that guy. But, well, we don't know. We'd like to know. My mom's not happy, and that's another feather in my cap, in my unhappy cap, you know, things that are going on, things that are not right with life. And maybe if she came back into mind, things would be a little bit better, but I'm not gonna hold out for that. I do love her. I am hopelessly, endlessly in love with her, and I can't can't turn that off. When we were together this last time, things were right, things were perfect. I felt good being with her, knowing she was by my side, not behind me, not in front of me, but at my side. Where your partner should be, your second in command should be. Your army should be, and that's not to be. To be. And so, I'll go on another day, and I'll feel what I feel or not feel, and I'll try to do the best that I can. Uh, how did you handle a breakup or a loss? You can reach out to me on Twitter. (laughs) I had to think about that one. Uh, I had a senior moment. Ben-Hur, B-E-N-H-E-R, at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y, or Cindy, as my ex used to say, because she thought I had another girl. And if you're listening, which I doubt, there's never been anyone but you when it was you. I had no desire for anyone else but you, but you had other plans, I guess. And that's all right. What are you going to do, right? So, that's what we do. We go on and on and try to make things better. And, you know, they say you'll get over it. But the thing is, when? I'm tired. I'm tired of feeling like this. I want to if there's somebody else down the road for me, I, I I want that. I need that moment to happen. When? That's the worst part. Yeah, just drop me a line. T C C I N D Y Ben Hur at T C C I N D Y one. Aha, I forgot about the one. tccindy Cindy one. Cindy's, if you're out there, I apologize. It's just the way it worked out. I didn't plan it that way. It's just the way it worked out. So, this, you're listening to oh, it. Oh, man, I just blew it. Now I got I to gotta talk for another minute, another 50 seconds. So, like I said, uh, Benher, B-E-N-H-E-R, at the Apperson, all caps, T-C-C-I-N-D-Y The Chairland Chronicles I'm not dead yet Oh T-C-C-I-N-D-Y-1 Haha Once again See I even forget My own handle Drop me a note Tell me Hey Ben I've been listening And yeah You know I've been through this And blah 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 and Tell me Because I'd love to know And tell me If you like the show or not Do I suck Do I stink Could I do better Of course you can always do better any one of us can always do better about what goes on in our lives and what goes on with our interaction with other people. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I am your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. Be right back.
0: All of time Strolling in from the sea My desire is always to be here On the Mall of Kinton.
1: And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. And i got to be honest with you, my friends. I've been very, very... I don't want to say depressed, but it does lead to depression. Nostalgic. Earlier today on my Facebook page, I posed a question to my former shipmates, the guys that I served with in the boats so many years ago. The question was... As I reconnected with many of my friends on Facebook, they're different. They're not the way I remember them. And it's okay. I mean I just it just makes me wonder where I've how far I've come. In my youth I was a warrior. I got out and I wanted to do something for humanity so I became a comedian I worked at different jobs I've been a laborer a manager a leader and a follower and I failed many times at many of the things that I've done but I keep moving on I don't know why I don't I saw a picture of a friend of mine from our, the day we graduated high school He was a good-looking, dashing young man. I looked like a nerd. Um, I found an even older picture of my mom holding my sister as a little baby and myself. And I'm staring at this camera and I've got this big, stupid smile on my face. And I posted that picture and wished my sister, you know, birthday greetings. But that view, that picture, that that smile still haunts me. And it's been two days, three actually. It's me, I think I'm about six years old. I'm already a big kid. And like I said, I've got this big stupid smile on my face. And it made me think, I don't smile anymore. Something happened to me, and I know what happened to me, and I can tell you, I got molested as a child by a family member. And this went on for several years. I couldn't tell anybody. I couldn't do anything I was a kid. And I think that's when I lost my smile. you know it's it's as i've found out in my life it is what it is and there's not what you can do about it nowadays it's, it's if you see something say something because now people will stop and believe you that you're not some crazy kid just making accusations but anyway i pose the question to my shipmates Because as I read their posts on Facebook, many of them have turned to God. How and why that happened, I don't know. We went from hunter killers with an attitude of kill them all and let God sort them out to we become the warrior philosopher. Time does a lot to a person. There's a lot to a man, because every now and then that man can stop, look down the line that he's come along, and see his mistakes even more clearly, I do, I see my, my mistakes all so clearly, friends and neighbors, but you know what, we're linear beings, we, we go in a straight line. And we cannot go back to fix what was, because now is what is, and that's what you have to live with and live by and live for. So, getting back to the question, is what has changed you? Was it becoming a father and a grand or a grandfather that changed your? attitudes when you hold your little baby grandchild in your arms and hope they have a good life and a good world to go into. You did what you did to try to make it what it is, good or bad. But I want to hear it from them. I want them to tell me what they think it was or if they've noticed a change. I'll give you an example. Many of these men I was we were hardcore drinkers and partiers. Now, one is a deacon. is an upstanding member of his church. And uh, he probably wouldn't want anybody to know what his past was like. I I know what your past was like. And that's okay. We were... That was then. This is now. And nary the two shall meet. Although they may come up from time to time in conversation or an argument. So yeah another one has become a gentleman farmer he posts pictures of his crops and the things that he's canned and is he canning for an apocalypse I don't know but he's become a gentleman farmer another one is a gentleman woodworker he collects metal in his workshop and cuts it up and burns it for fuel So we've all, I guess, been through the ringer, so to say. But let's get back to me for a second. Now, I served my country. I got out. And then I went on and became a laborer, a laborer in the labor force. Hell, I was even a guard in a jail, And I don't know, it, it, you know, it just, I see my life as, as a failure. I really, really do. I really feel that I have failed, but see in failure, you can look back and see what you did wrong and correct it. You can correct the, the, um, the error on the line as you walk, as you go forward. And the thing is you have to keep moving forward. You have to keep searching. You have to keep winning. You can't give up. So the question was posed. What changed you? Or did you do? You feel that you've changed? I know you have. I can see it in your words when you post things. But I remember, oh, there's another friend. Uh, he's a rancher. He has pictures on his on his Facebook of riding horses. Another one lives in the Carolinas. He's not on social media, but we talk on the phone. I miss him. He was a very close friend, a brother, and I miss him dearly. He lives in North Carolina. He's a retired mailman and he sits at home in his retirement, sips wine, When I knew him, we used to smoke weed, a lot of weed, a lot. I mean, a lot of weed. We were jokers, tokers, and smokers. That's right. I'm not mentioning any names because they still have, these guys got reputations to protect, and I understand that. I get that. But this is me, and this is you if you're listening. Talk to me. Reach out to me. You can get me on Twitter, Ben-Hur- Apperson T C C I N D Y one, or if you got me on Facebook, drop me a message or message me on Messenger. If you're if we're close enough that you have my phone number, drop me a text. Tell me what's going on, how you feel, what you what you think. Do you think you've changed? Are you? I know none of you are the men that I served with. We were a lot different forty years ago, way different. You're listening to the Cherryland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. We'll be right back. And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thanks for sticking around. What is going on in the world? The world is a land of confusion. That's the, hence the bumper music there. Uh, Let me get you caught up. If you haven't been following the news, there was a mini coup almost in Russia. What's going on is uh, there's a mercenary group of about 30 to 40,000 soldiers, could be more. They say they're a very large force, known as the Wagner Group. They're usually based out of Africa and they were hired as mercenaries to fight alongside the Russian soldiers in the Ukraine. And so they packed up their gear even got some gear from the Russians themselves and marched up to uh, Ukraine and proceeded to help terrorize the the villagers and take over towns and rape, pillage, and plunder, along with the other Russian soldiers that were doing the same thing. In recent days, about three, four days ago, I think I heard this on Sunday, uh, Russian units were openly attacking Wagner group forces. And uh, the upper echelons of the Wagner group did not like that. Felt betrayed by the Russians who they had pledged their sole uh, uh, allegiance to. So on Monday, the head of the Wagner group ordered his entire army to attack Russian units near them. So they did just that. They took over the towns that the Russians had occupied, ran them off or killed them and uh, said, that's not enough. We want to, we need to get rid of Putin. Putin screwed us. Screwed and stabbed us in the back. So he marched his entire army a 200 long, mile long column I believe it was, is what they were saying up north and got within 120 miles of Moscow. Now Putin announced uh, a couple of by uh, yesterday to the Russian people that this would have been this rebellion would have been crushed, and uh, his glorious Red Army would have crushed the Wagner Group and and uh, obliterated them. But how was that going to happen if the majority of the Russian army is in Ukraine fighting Ukrainians? So. What happened, and this was just as recently as this morning, the head of the Wagner Group contacted Vladimir Putin, and Putin said, chill out, brother, Uh, it's not going to happen. You're not going to overthrow me. What happened? uh, I didn't didn't betray you. I don't know what's going on. Let's be buds. So the guy said, da, comrade. And so they're buds again. But now the Wagner Group has made this statement. They are going to allow his force, the forces of the Wagner Group, to either A, let themselves be folded into the Russian army because Russia needs fighters. Or B, take your, your, your belongings and go back to uh, help the, the Russians in Ukraine fight the Ukrainians. Or you can go home with the Belarus. So they have a choice, A, B, or C. But in, in, in all of that, they're going to turn over all their equipment, tanks, aircraft, weapons, back over to the Russian army. So everything's cool. But me knowing the way Putin is, and this guy may want to grow a pair of eyes in the back of his head. Because we're going to find in the next few days, maybe within a year, that this guy meets with, a, the head of the Wagner group meets with, a, with an accident and is found in his bedroom with a bullet in his head. And they're probably going to want to say it was self-inflicted. Well, we don't know. So that's just the way it goes, you know. And that's just wild, isn't it? We had a near coup of a Russian sitting president, and he puts it down with a pen and paper. But the dust hasn't settled yet. You gotta wait until it dust settles and see what happens. So we'll wait and see. Now here in the states, we got a we got a battle of our own brewing. Well, they're still they're still trying to find everything they can anything they can to nail Trump to the wall or to the cross, however you want to see it. And uh, they're digging up dirt. But in the same instance. They're also digging up dirt, more dirt on Joe Biden and his dealings with uh, the pay for place scam that that seems to be going on, because there's more and more evidence, more and more banking evidence that he did receive five million dollars. And then all the members of Congress, both Democrat and Republican, are asking the same question. Joe Biden. You've been in public service, hence the term public service, for the past 50 years. And you've amassed a massive, massive amount of wealth in the millions, almost near the billions of dollars. How did you do that on a government check? It's just really hard to fathom that somebody could become a multimillionaire on the government dole. You know, as a sitting senator, you're making maybe $200,000 a year, maybe a little bit more. And this guy's amassed millions. And it's not cheap to live in the D.C. area, unless he was living somewhere else. I don't know. But that's running. And then we have other battles brewing, and it's just a land of confusion. And we, the people, don't know what's going to happen you're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. We'll be right back.
0: Hot song. And my
1: feet just around Hot sun. and we're back you're listening to the Cherryland Chronicles I'm not dead yet I'm your host Ben Hur thanks for sticking around uh, it's only Tuesday and I'm pretty much close to completing this ep- this week's episode. I will continue to release it on Friday. I'm not going to release it early. I thought about it, but no, I'm not going to do that. So we opened with Genesis. Again, it's not a, an omen. It's just I happen to come across that song, and I like it. I think it kind of fits what's going on. Uh, I spoke a couple of blocks back about things that I've done in my life. One of the things that I did when I got out, I finally found my niche in stand-up comedy. I was a pretty good stand-up comic. And if you ask anybody, they'll probably say I was a hack or I was horrible. But I was a pretty good comic. I could hold hold my own on stage. And then one day, I just no longer did it. I just stopped. I don't know what happened. I think... That was God's way of telling me, you're done. You don't need to do anymore. You've done enough. Go move on with your life. But what I did was I stayed in the the business, in the genre. I stayed in comedy. I worked in it off and on for 15 years, eventually becoming a comedy club manager at the club here in town until they fired me in 2019. Well, that's another story. This story goes back to my days in, uh, this is the, this is the, uh, a club story. I haven't told one in a while. This goes back to my days at River Center Comedy Club when I was just answering the phones and, you know, buying beer and whatnot. I was basically, I was running the club pretty much. So, and I'm not going to mention any names to keep the peoples once again, you know, everybody wants to remain remain classy, and so do I. But we had a comic come in to headline one particular week. He's a great comic; I loved him. He's a funny guy. He's a good guy. We were friends. Uh, we were always talking on Facebook and whatnot. And then I found out through the grapevine that he had a drug problem. He liked doing drugs, and he just couldn't stop. So, you know, I didn't think anything of it. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect my life in any way. He wants to do what he wants to do. I mean, I was doing what I did. I mean, I did my share of drugs. That was my problem in the Navy. Weed, coke, acid. I've done my share, folks, and I'm still here. And I'm a little bit better. But I I have my demons. Let's just put it that way. So this guy comes into town. He arrives on a Wednesday because shows started Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So he comes in and he asks the manager if he can get an advance on his, his pay for the week. So he said, sure, how much do you need? He said $3,000. So they call the owners and they said, yeah, sure, okay, not a problem. So they advanced him $1,500. They wrote him a check. No, no, 3000 That's right. So he's got $3,000 burning in his pocket. And I'm driving him back to the uh, apartment that he stayed in. Uh, that the comic stayed in. And as we're driving back, he said, uh, hey, man, you know where I can score? And I was like, okay, what is it you're looking for? Because I need some Coke. I said, we got, to, we got to the apartment, and all he had to do was get off and go into the apartment, and then we were done. He said, I need $1,000 worth. He reached into his coat pocket, pulled out the wad of cash, peeled off 10 $100 bills, and put them in my hand and said, just get me $1,000 worth. I said, OK. So he got off the, he got off the, the car, went into his apartment. I drove off. I came home and I'm, I'm, I'm done for the day. So now I got to figure out, I got to score this guy's coke for him. So the only connection that I had was our cook. So I called her up and I said, blah, 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 blah. He needs this, 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 this. She goes, okay, that's a lot. I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. She said, but okay, give me, give me the night. So she was cool. And so she called me back up and she says, it's a done deal. It'll be here tomorrow at my apartment, but he's got to come pick it up. And I was like, okay. So I went went home. Well, I was home already. So I called him up and I told him, okay, I got you. I got what you needed. But the thing is, the only stipulation is you got to go pick it up. I'll drive you to the place, but you got to go into the apartment and pick it up. That was her stipulation. That was my connection stipulation. So he was like, okay. So the plan was the next day I was going to go pick him up because I had to work that night at the club. I was going to pick him up, take him over to where we had to pick up the product and uh, then take him back to the club. And And then we were done. As I look back on this this event, and I was in a whole, I could have been in a whole lot of trouble had I had we gotten caught, both of us. So I take him to the apartment, and he's kind of freaking out. He's like, I don't know why they, I said, no, that's, that's what they asked for you, because it's your stuff. So I gave him the $1,000 back, and he got off the car. I said, see, said it's it's an apartment right there, whatever the apartment number was. It was on the second floor. So I said, I'll be here watching you. I'll keep an eye on you. So he goes up upstairs, he goes to the door, knocks on the door. The door opens. They literally pulled him in. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to go out real. I started having vision of Scarface in my head, you know, when they're tying the guy up in the bathtub and they're going to cut his leg off with leg off of the chainsaw. Head. That's what was going through my head. So I said, I said be cool, just calm down, take a, get a grip. And sure enough, a few minutes later, the door opens and here he comes. And he's running down the stairs, and he's trotting back to the car. He gets in the car, and he says, man, that was scary. And I said, what happened? He goes, it was these two dudes that were like hardcore gang members. And then, then he goes, once I started talking to them, they remembered who I was. They'd seen his act. And he goes, everything was cool. I said, did you get it? He said, yeah, I got it. It's right here in my pocket. I said, okay, cool. We're going back to the club. So... We get back to the club. Everything's cool. And so I walk him over to the green room where the where the comics hang out cuz he was going to be there for a few hours before the show started. So we're just chatting and I said, "Hey, by the way, I said, "Look, I've done my share of coke." I said, "But I've never seen a $1000 worth. Can I see it?" He said, "Sure, man." He reached into his the the, the coat of the pocket of his coat of his jacket and he pulled out and i am not kidding you a sandwich bag a sandwich bag a bag that you put a sandwich in and when it was full of what looked like powdered sugar and i was like wow i said i said dude i've never seen a thousand dollars worth of cocaine that's quite a bit that's quite a snortful and he goes this has to last me till sunday and I said, okay, cool, man, that, that's that's fine. I said, but if you need more, I can get you more. I, I know my connection told me anytime, your, your door is open to you. So for the next three days, he does his performances, he's spot on, but the man is sweating profusely on stage. I mean, the, hot, lots, the lights are hot when you're under the stage, but he was, I mean, he literally had a wad of napkins in his hand. And he kept dabbing his forehead and his, the underneath of his of his mouth and wiping his mouth. He was coked out of his mind. And he was performing. That amazed me. It really, really did. But he did. He was finished with all that blow by Saturday and he needed more. He said, I need $500 worth. So the cook brought it in. The deal was done. And uh, he went on do the next two days, and everything was cool. Now, the guy had a problem, and it eventually was led, what led to his early his early demise. He's gone now. He's no longer with us. But he was a good man. He was a good person, and I can say honestly, he was a friend of mine, and I miss him, and the stage misses him, and sometimes I miss the stage. I've tried many times to try to go back up, but it now has become a fear, a phobia that, that prevents me from getting back up. Oh, but the question you're asking is, talk to us about the drugs, Ben-Hur. We want to know about the drugs. Well, I have other stories, but that's just one tale of the club. There'll be others. Some of these guys aren't good people. They're jackasses. We'll get into that later. You're listening to the Cherryland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. We'll be right back Promise Well
0: it's all
1: And we're back. You're listening to the Cherryland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Wow. Well, like I've always said, if you know, when you hear the Traveling Wilburys, end of the line, we've come to the end of this episode. And we've already done that. I'm so giddy for some strange reason, because it's only Wednesday and I'm done with this episode. I finished yesterday. I recorded the last block yesterday. And I realized it's only Tuesday. I still got Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, but don't worry. I'm still going to publish this on the day that it gets published, which is Friday, and we'll go from there. What happened to my music? Oh, I don't know what's going on with the internet. Everything's running slow. See, it starts and it stops and it starts and it stops. Anyway, uh, I feel this is episode 25, and maybe it's the fact that it's number 25, but there's something about this one. I feel really, really good about this probably better than i've felt in a long time i don't know if i reached a milestone if i've crested the hill and now it's downhill i don't know but i will tell you what i always tell you at the end of every episode to live to laugh and to love live your life as if today's your last day on this earth because it just might be you don't know so you got to live for what it's worth I'm not saying get up and tell your boss he's a jackass. But, hey, you never know, right? And laugh. Because if you get up to tell your boss he's a jackass, he's going to fire you and everybody else is going to laugh. So you you did your part. You made everybody laugh. You gave everybody a good laugh. Hey, look, there goes Phil. He's, he's the jackass. Huh? But I'm saying life's not a joke. But there are times when it's really, really funny, you know? Like the time when your grandma slept on that bean that was dropped on the floor and you were the one that probably dropped it. That kind of laugh. Yeah, grandma broke her hip, but she healed. But she, you could say, Hey, abuelita, remember when you fell on that bean? Hijo that was funny, man. And then love. The way you love your grandma, the way you love your mom, your sister, your brother, your your girlfriend, your wife, your children. And extend that love to yourself and to your enemies you got to you got to do that you got to do that if you don't you got to go to hell i know what i'm saying well until next week i will be back and hopefully episode 26 will be just as good i hope so fingers crossed until then i leave you with the traveling will berries enjoy adios amigos